Are you a CrossFit coach or maybe a box owner looking to learn more about nutrition? You want to help support the athletes that come to your box, maybe have some one-on-one clients. And we all know nutrition is the foundation. We all talk about the theoretical hierarchy of the development of an athlete. And nutrition is at the base. It's like building a house. You can't build the attic first. You can't worry about performance and sport without working on the foundation. And that's what nutrition is. So maybe you're a coach, maybe you're a box owner, maybe you're just an athlete looking to potentially earn a little more income, develop a new income stream as a nutrition coach. Well, you could check out the Own Your Eating Certificate course. We review fundamental nutrition principles, as well as teaching you how to implement flexible eating, that's macro counting, and assist others with their tracking of macros. The cool thing about it is you're going to learn so much for yourself. Even if you didn't want to coach anyone else, but you simply wanted to learn more about tracking macros, you will get so much out of this course. It'll be the last thing you ever have to read, study, purchase, because you're going to get so much information. As well as sharing nutrition experience with you, Own Your Eating will also teach you how to coach others so that you can really make a difference with the people in your community and your lives. Maybe you need to finally get your mom to track macros. Maybe it's your best friend. Maybe you you put on the quarantine 15 and you're looking to just lose a few LBs, a few pounds yourself. This will teach you all of that. And the cool thing about macros, the cool thing about the way in which we at On Your Eating teach you is it's really sustainable. The business setup and marketing strategies are also included. So if you do really want to make this a side deal or a side hustle, You'll, you'll have all the tools you'll ever need to do. And in addition to that, if you're a level three CrossFit coach, you can earn CEUs to help you revalidate. And we also give CEUs for NASM as well as AFA. So you can check that out. For me, every few years, I need to re-up my L4, you know, no big deal, L4 coach, but this will help you do it. So If you're interested in learning more about the Own Your Eating Certificate course, you can go to courses.ownyoureating.com. Or if you just go to ownyoureating.com, right up in the header there, it says become a coach. You can click on that. And with the code BESTHOUR, that's B-E-S-T-H-O-U-R, BESTHOUR, you'll get 15% off. Go check it out now. I was the one, along with Roz, who helped put this all together. So... I really understand that if you have questions for me about it, of course, you can reach out, but I really believe in it. I've put hundreds of people through this course. It's the way I learned how to track macros. It's the way I've been tracking macros for over five years, and I think you will absolutely love it. So go check it out again, courses.ownyoureating.com, and use that code BESTHOUR for 15% off. All right, everybody, welcome back. Best hour of their day. This podcast is going across the pond with my good friend, Andy Bradbury. He's in the UK, but uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about websites. Uh, so full disclosure, Andy and his team just redid my website. So if you want to do uh, like a little perusing of what their uh, product looks like, you can go to CrossFitRife.com, give us some feedback. But Andy, thanks, brother. I'm, uh, I'm excited to have this chat because this is a pain point for a lot of people. Yeah, me too, buddy. I'm uh, always excited to, most of our clients are based in the States. So for us, international business has just been 
a part of my life for 10 years. But um, yeah, it's always fun connecting with, with guys who, I feel like with you, it's safe to say leading the space, you're broadening your horizons with different products. And I don't know like about, I mean, I might be leading, but am I some, <laughs> consider the blind leading the blind occasionally. Um, <laughs> The, uh, but you have, so you have two, well, multiple, you've been doing this for a long time. And when I say this website development, SEO type, um, things, but so you have startup active, but a lot of what you guys are doing now specifically for the micro gym space is the active blueprint. Right. Yeah. So just a little bit of high level context. I, I'm like the nerdy programmer type. Like imagine that guy that loves sitting in a room for 10 hours a day, just coding. Like I love that. <laughs> and I, I'm proud of it too. Where it's Literally the opposite of me. Got it. Okay. <laughs> well, jo Josh, my business partner, he's very much like you. He's creative. He's got like a custom bike outside, which he spent $20,000 on just like going to town. He just loves that stuff. And he's jacked. I just saw him. He's, yeah, he's He spent some time in the gym. <laughs> so my, we, we sort of have this great complementary blend of skill sets, but our principles are the same. And uh, 12 years ago now, actually, it was back in 2008, uh, I was building a website for Josh and we decided to set something up and based on Josh's sort of obsession with the fitness industry, we decided that's the vertical or the niche that we wanted to go for. So, and that's, that's a funny thing. It's called niche in the UK, but I'm so used to saying niche now. I, listen, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask you that question. I, yeah. I, I use niche and it's, it's kind of uh, like one of these weird things where it's like, is it niche? Is it niche? Is it scenario? Is it scenario? Like, I don't know. It's so funny over the years that I've become so climatized to international business that I'm even spending a lot of things like authorizing the American way with a Z and saying Z instead of Z and just stuff like that. It's, Got it. It's funny. It's funny. But how, well, here's um, the here's the here's the big uh, kind of one. How do you say aluminum? Aluminium. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So like there's so many extra letters and syllables in that word. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's the Johnny, it. Johnny Ive introduction, right? Yeah. Got Denise Thomas, who's from the UK as well. I just, I will always ask her, I'm like, hey, what is this made of uh, aluminum? Can you say aluminium? Yeah. And I'm like, can you oh, say this word for yeah, me? Yeah. Please say, say garage, garage. Yeah. yeah got it. Garage. Uh, yeah. Garage. Uh, so, um, yeah, okay. Very cool. Um, so, but yeah, we, we started that sort of 12 years ago, went in the fitness vertical and, and high level sort of just so we don't spend the entire time talking about my boring history. We decided to specialize in high-end websites because our passion is websites that look great and have a massive attention to detail. And when we assessed the fitness space, that was just lacking. Like uh, they, there were a lot of websites built by, I would describe people like me with no design taste. So they, they were structured well, but they didn't look good. And websites need to convert. And I've come a long way personally since then, too. I can pull together mm -hmm. a half-decent looking website now. But the speciality was always good-looking websites. They're in the range of like five dollars to $20,000. Bigger mm -hmm. than that isn't worth taking on. They, they get too complex. Smaller than that, we just couldn't do it without turning out a profit. And yeah. just to give you context, in the 10 years, we built just over 1,000 fitness websites. So what, around 1,100 websites in that five dollars to $20,000 category. And it was a lot of fun. We learned a lot of things, but always at the back of our minds, we, we were like, what can we do here to make this more accessible to, to a wider audience? Because people love our work. Just on an average month, we get around 500 inquiries and we just can't work with that many people. We yeah. just can't. So uh, we decided back um, 
it's probably in 2018 to build our own solution. So there are things out there like Squarespace and Wix. You can build your own websites, but what you find is most trainers that they will describe themselves as technophobes. So they do not enjoy building websites. And when they open up something like a Squarespace or Wix and they're moving a button by 10 pixels here and there, it's just not a good use of their time. Mm -hmm. So Active Blueprint, we've taken an approach of you fill out a form, essentially. We ask you about your business, what styles mm -hmm. you like. You fill that in and then out the other end pops a fully complete website and it looks great out of the box. And then from there, sure, you customize it, you add your team members and stuff like that, but we get you 80% there and it doesn't cost 5,000. It yeah. costs $67 a month, no setup fee. And that's the focus now. We still take on the custom work, but we're really putting everything into making Blueprint the, the absolute best product on the market. So. so that's actually a good segue as far as like starting. What, what should a good website communicate? Just like, let's yeah, just go 30,000 feet and then we'll come down from there. So like messaging and like what, when I go to a website, like what are the, like some big ticket takeaways that like should happen in a good website? And we spoke briefly before this, right? Where mm -hmm. do, do you even need a website, <clears throat> excuse me, in 2020 with the advent of click funnels and landing pages being so accessible? And um, I think they're great questions. We ask ourselves on, on a regular basis too. And the key things you want to make sure your website covers is it needs to make you look credible, which in the CrossFit space and, and wider sure, but CrossFit space, you can get a lot of credibility because they give you great assets like the CrossFit video. Why should I CrossFit? All of that good stuff, yeah. which is great. Um, and then you've got things like making sure you appear on search engines. If somebody's performing a search, you need to appear there and you're not going to appear if you have just a landing page. It needs more than that to show mm -hmm. up. We can dig into that a bit later. Um, and the other great thing that, or the other thing that great websites need to have is a really good flow to them. And what I mean by that is I've seen this mistake so many times over the past 10 years where people, um, they almost see their websites as the Wikipedia of their business. And what I mean by that yep. is it's like, here's, all the information you might want to know about us. These are the 10 services we have, even if they make like no profit off the like strength assessment service, it's, it's still got prime place on the website. And it's like, here are all the things you need to do. And here are all of our daily wads and stuff like that, which they definitely need to be there and they need a place, but there's no flow. And the, uh, the sort of the best websites we build that get the best results and the ones I see even outside of our stuff, they have a really good flow to them. So you work out as a business what you want people to do. That could be a free, a free consult. That could be get a free class. It could be whatever you want. But everything, the, 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 the entire angle that all, all the, or the lens that the website goes through is how on the about page do we get them from reading about us to getting in on a free class? Mm -hmm. That's the part people miss because they're like, if they're on the about page, you just put up like, a team bio and then you put nothing yeah. else on there to drive them to take action. Yeah. So, and this is, this is kind of a little bit of a segue up, um, on a podcast that I did with Corey Coleman, just talking about communicating with potential clients in order to begin to have an actual conversation. So I have to have some sort of preemptive conversation with this person via the content that is 
on my website. And this is, if you haven't read Story Brand, uh, it kind of should follow a flow that kind of looks like that, which is, hey, here's who we are. And then what is your pain point? We have people that look like you. Here's our solution. Kind of, uh, if you want to clean that up for me, feel free. No, it's, you did it exactly right. And again, we can get into this, but don't be afraid of repeating yourself on websites because people consume websites. So with a landing page, right, just to look at something different for a second, they're very focused on one singular result. Like if somebody's gone through to a 30 day challenge, we tell them about the challenge, give them social proof. There's a form on there. We get them to fill it in. Right. But with a website, you don't know why people are there. They may have um, searched for you on Google, uh, landed on your website, and they know nothing about you. Maybe they don't even know properly what CrossFit is. So mm -hmm. you need to have those angles covered. But equally, you know, uh, Tim, the guy that comes to your gym, has recommended his buddy, uh, you know, James, come in and, and do a workout. Because he's, Tim's always going on about CrossFit, his buddy's got, he knows exactly what CrossFit is. He also has that trust passed on because he's like, you need to check this shit out. Like these guys are, they're the best. So he already trusts you. Mm -hmm. So he's probably coming on the website to check out your schedule, right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't need selling to. Um, and I, th I think that's, you know, to your point, um, and you hit it right on the head there, it's important to have that flow, make sure you're hitting all the points, but don't be afraid of repeating yourself too, because people skim when they come to websites. They don't. I think the stats are something like 30% of each page is read. So if somebody goes to your about page, they don't read all 800 all the words the on there. Yeah. They, they read like a couple of paragraphs. So mm -hmm. make sure you're covering those angles, but cover them multiple times. Don't, don't like skip. So like one of the things I really like what you guys did with ours. Um, so let me back up a little bit. Is it safe to say that a general good practice as we currently know it, within micro gyms and websites is less is more hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. It's, it, it's, it's key. So, um, th there are, there are sort of exceptions to the rule. So with blogging more is way more important right now. Mm -hmm. So, and again, we can come back and we even touch on that, but as a rule of thumb, make sure your blog posts are at least a thousand words long, for example, mm -hmm. because everybody, your competition, like pull up, all your competition and just check them out while you're listening to this podcast. Most of them, if they're blogging at all, will have 500, uh, 300 to 500 words, which on a page is roughly sort of eight to 10 paragraphs. And all search engine optimization um, and, and optimization in general comes down to is making sure that you have more than your competition. Quality plays a, plays a part for sure, but it's about having consistently good blogs. That's, that's the absolute key to it. And you need, there's been a whole bunch of research done, but blogs that have more than a thousand words, usually 1,200 appear in the top three results and the top three results get by far the lion's share of the clicks. So that's a slight exception to the rule. Um, with, that's with, interesting. Cause I think, uh, for the most part, people think that like, I don't think a ton of people read blogs anymore. However, it's still a thing that you need to take a that you just that you still need to address in order to the, the bigger picture is SEO. Like I want people to find me whether they read the blog or not. There's going to be a certain percentage of the population that does read the blog, which then catapults my SEO results to the top. Which the the bulk of people, I just want them to take an action, which is contact me, so that we can have a conversation. Correct. 
Yeah, and it, you're almost right there. It, 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 people are actually reading blogs quite a lot, but the key is the content needs to be good. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people do their blogs and um, it's not their best content. They see it as throwaway content. But mm -hmm. Google, uh, in terms of what we've seen, they would much rather you put out one 1,000 word blog post a month much more than four 300 word blog posts. So even though the word count is higher across those four, you will not rank anywhere near as well if you do that. So th there's a lot of going on in their algorithms, but also the readership does stay around. And mm -hmm. again, we can come onto this, but it, it, it's important to have people building up trust with your brand. It's one of the key reasons for having a website. It's not mm -hmm. just about uh, an item on your checklist. It's like websites done, right? It needs to be good content and it requires effort and mm -hmm. you can I always advise people start off doing things like their own blogs just you need to go through that pain of what what the hell do I write about here what what are people even going to find interesting it takes a <laughs> it takes a lot of practice <laughs> and it it's interesting like I started writing a blog I don't write it mine aren't, aren't nearly that long they uh <laughs> but I do I have written some longer ones in the past um and I need to get back to it but you find your niche when you start to practice. You find like yeah. whatever your flavor or your voice is when you start to practice. And as long as it's unique, you will start to gather this kind of like following, if you will. So it takes practice. You're going to write a lot of shitty blogs. You're going to write, you're going to, you're going to have a lot of misspellings and people are going to email you and text you be like, you know, you should spell check these a little bit more. I'm like, fuck <laughs> off. Like, I yeah. get it. I'm like, listen, unless you've written a blog, I don't want to hear about this. Like the more words you type, the more mistakes you're going to make. But um, yeah, I do think it's something that particularly if you want this kind of social proof slash the tag of being an expert, you do have to have content that is able to be consumed by this person so they could have know something about you. If it's just a contact me Great. page with a testimonial, I don't know that that's sufficient. And people miss the the other app, the other angle of blogging is it gives you something to put out on Facebook. People are always saying to me, "Okay, I know I need to grow my social, but what the hell do I even write?" Like, I'm mm -hmm. I'm not a I don't use Facebook. Comes to me quite a lot, and it's like, well, you don't have to, but if you, it, it's this great self fulfilling circle where you put out a good blog post, you can then reuse that for months. It doesn't have to be a one time thing, right? Mm -hmm. People aren't keeping up to date with your social. You don't go to a page and then scroll down the last five months of posts. So mm -hmm. it's good to reuse that content. So you're building up this library of assets for yourself too. And that's invaluable. What is your thoughts or what are your thoughts on the wad being posted to a blog? I have largely gone away from it. I don't think it's very valuable and I actually think it creates more problems than anything, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. I would agree with you. So I, I would say, and this is funny, so I, I was doing it while I was um, you know, building your site, actually making sure it was coming together well. It's really important that, I, I don't think there's any problem having them, but if you do have them, do not let them clutter up your regular blog because you usually you go on a blog, the way WordPress works and other blogs is they will pull in all your blogs regardless of category. And what people usually do is put what into a category, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But what I would do is make sure they're separate. So you've got like a, something in the navigation that's for WADs. So can still use the blog functionality, but they mm -hmm. go in there. Um, I don't think that's bad. Um, people are moving away from it. I see that as a trend for sure. Um, but I, I just find it to be, right? yeah, I just find it to be uh, clutter. 
It doesn't add a ton of value. Uh, most of your, because remember that largely is for your current clients. And if I have any sort of, you know, WAD tracking, CRM, whatever we're going to call it at this point, that's where they're going to look. Or mm -hmm. like we post WAD blogs or not WAD blogs, uh, like WAD videos on Instagram. So I, I could tell you with a high degree of certainty that almost nobody who is a client goes to our website to look at the workout. And then that's before we talk about the fact that if there's some sort of uh, breakdown in that integration between Wattify and there, now I have broken links all over the place, which is going to hurt my <laughs> rankings, you know, exactly. which, and I have to go out and figure out how to fucking fix that. So the, the only slight benefit you might have is, is, um, is good to have those clicks coming through to the website for cross selling reasons, but also algorithms stick as well. If your pixels are firing off and, and so on and so on then that that is good for for other bigger reasons so th there is some very minor edge value there but uh, you're absolutely right it, it's more about having a place to put them whether that's on instagram or your website but i, I wouldn't have them clustering up your website to, you know to your point i think if they're there in, in amongst all your blogs and you're putting all this effort into the blogs then you just need to be careful it's not just dominating because obviously uh, you're posting wads every single day so you're maybe doing a, a blog post of that length every two weeks it's a lot of work so they just yeah. get drowned out it's yeah a thousand words for somebody who's not writing is that's that's i mean i write a decent amount and that's that's challenging yeah um, I, I i'm good at writing but i don't enjoy it so it's it's an effort so it's it's it yeah i force myself to do it but I, I don't enjoy sitting there for like four hours or something it's it's a lot what are some of the mistakes that you see people making with their websites what <clears throat> let me ask a more direct question what should people absolutely not be putting on their website yeah no it's, it's a good question sort of ahead of the call i was doing like this brain dump i've got some notes here that obviously mm -hmm. people won't be able to see me looking at them but i, I think a lot of the advice between good and bad websites and things like that uh, there is a lot of crossover here so it's the opposite of what i'm saying for a lot of these points so no blogs at all is is a very obvious one so got it not just for seo benefits although that is a fairly big part you need to be making sure you rank on google and blogging is the low-hanging fruit so it's like um i guess it's it's the same to do a comparison that you guys do with your clients right if you've got clients where they're not getting into the gym and they're not getting a workout in, but maybe they've got weight problems and they need, they, they know they need to, to cut the, the weight. And that's not a primary driver for, for a lot of CrossFit, but it is still a great way of losing weight. So let's say that's their it, focus. It actually, it actually is mm -hmm. oddly enough. Like most people are going there to, to like lose weight. Yeah. And it's the same way you would give somebody like that advice of, look, ideally you need to be coming five days a week. I'd love you to come to these like 6 a.m. classes or whatever. Somebody going from there to there is a huge, huge, huge deal. So I would rather people blog and it just be 300, uh, 300 words to get them into the habit forming of that, mm -hmm. right? And I would say that's a mistake I see a lot of people making. So the advice I just gave you of making sure your blogs are at least a thousand words long that's probably more for people that are blogging and looking to optimize. So that's, yeah, that's ideal. That's like into the road. Like if, it, if it was a perfect world, I'd write a couple short ones and then two long ones a month. Exactly. And, and I, I see this all the time where, um, to come back to your question of what 
don't people do? They, they may be, I find people go through these bursts of knowing they should blog and they put out like six blog posts in a month and they're like, yeah. And then, and then they don't blog again for six months. And, and that's bad for two reasons. One of them is SEO. Google prioritizes consistency above volume. So if you can only blog once a month, it's much better to do that than do six in one month and then don't blog for six months. So that, that does play a really important part. The other part is imagine yourself as a website visitor going to um, a CrossFit site or just a gym site and they haven't blogged in six months. Questions are going to be raised of are these guys even in business, right? Yeah. It, there's the usability problem there too. So I, I'd say things like making sure your blog's up to date, which also ties into make sure your content's up to date. So you know, this is a fast moving world where you get new equipment in regularly, you, you know, the, the whole vibe of the facility changes on a regular basis, depending on, you know, the season you're in and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And again, this comes to, it's a sliding scale, right? So if you can have photos, which, um, uh, which in the winter show more of the indoor working out and stuff like that, because it's cold outside that does, even though it's not a direct vibe, it does make people feel different when they're scrolling through the website. Versus if you land on someone's site now, it's loads of people training outside and you've got outdoor sessions. That's great. That gives people a great vibe. So I think making sure the content's up to date, both with trainers that work there, client testimonials, I encourage people to rotate those out rather than having 20 testimonials, like just regularly rotate them out and, and get those 20 up over a period of time. Yeah. Um, but making sure the content's up to date is a really, really key piece. And for somebody struggling with that idea, what I've found to be valuable is just put yourself on a schedule. So where, where yes. this goes, yeah, where this goes sideways is the, this idea of creating content, which is what you're doing when you're writing a blog, mm -hmm. right? I have to, I have to make something out of thin air. Um, that can be super overwhelming because you're like, what the fuck do I write about? And mm -hmm. so a, I just put yourself on a schedule and then, don't necessarily put yourself on the hook to create something out of thin air. Just kind of look at the landscape. What do current events look like? And maybe I start by just writing about that. What is my take or my spin exactly. on this thing that's happening over here? Like the games, what they're moving around. What's the difference between virtual and in person? Like you could just, you don't have to make this, you don't have to write about, you don't have to pull out your biomechanics book and write like some technical blah, blah, blah about how the yeah. thruster is super effective and has max power output. Like that's not necessary. Like if you want to write that, that's great. That can be mixed in there, but there's a lot of ways to do that. And I know like if you want to go look, I think actually CrossFit does a really good job. Like if you go to CrossFit.com, they do actually a really good job. It's it's far more technical heavy with regard to blogs than it used to be. But if I scroll through there, there's a good blend of different like categories of content that they put in there. So split that up between your team. If like if somebody likes nutrition, sprinkle that in there. Like let them write an article about it. Like it doesn't have to be the same thing all the time. I think that's an awesome reference too, right? Like you're franchising here from a brand that has already solved a lot of these issues. They're the ones that have had to encourage people to get into CrossFit, understand CrossFit. So it definitely is good. I, I would always take inspiration rather than straight rip off. And I think most people understand that anyway. Yeah. Um, to also answer, not answer your question there, just to tie into what you're saying. So I do a, a huge amount of reading. I, I read a lot. Um, so usually like 30 to 40 books a year, most years. But okay. one one book that I read last year, which was great, is Atomic Habits. Uh, have yep. you heard of them? Yeah. So uh, a lot of it resonated with me. But one of the most powerful things you'll be able to see here, but 
um, people on the podcast won't, but I've got like a habit tracker. And his whole thing is like, this isn't something he said in the book. It was, a, it was something I pulled up from just thinking about it, but it's what I call the minimum viable effort. And yep. it's what he calls the two minute rule. So I, I at the moment, like I, I just locked down. I, I can't be bothered going out for a run most days. And his whole thing is, it's all about forming the habit. Don't wait for motivation to find you. Motivation is, it comes when you get good at something and you get into the flow. Just find a two minute habit you can stick to. And in reading terms, you can read a single page of a book in two minutes, right? Mm -hmm. So you end up usually reading a full chapter because you get into it. It's the same thing with people getting in the gym. If you can get somebody in the gym, they will do a workout. Like it's not, it's the thought of getting to the gym. Correct. And it's the same thing with things like blogging. I would encourage you two minutes is a bit too tough, which is why I look at it as minimum viable effort. Um, so one of the things here on my list is meditate. I've meditated every day now on, uh, for, for over 180 days. Um, but it's That's because awesome. that is because that my minimum viable effort for meditation is a three minute meditation in the headspace app. So even on my worst days, I'm making up excuses. Like I'm in the office, it's chaotic. I'll lock myself away if I have to in the toilet and I will do a three minute meditation. Like I, I will get it done. It's and most small days, stuff. That's really cool. Exactly. And, and I would say it's the same with blogging. Even if you're not in the mood, stick to that schedule. So if it's Sunday and the most you can muster is, is a paragraph just talking about current events, just do it. Like it doesn't matter. Just get it done. So I, I, I may or may not have talked about this before, but I got, I got two things. So for anybody, so a lot of people find this, this whole idea of creating content and doing all this stuff to just be uh, very bothersome to say the least or frightening, right? So however you want to look at it, it's either annoying or I'm scared shitless because I'm, I'm worried what people are going to think. So with regard to blogging, I think probably something well over two years ago, my wife was like, you should write a blog. People care what you have to say. And I was like, eh, I don't really think so, but whatever, <laughs> I'll start writing a blog. But my fear, just like everybody else's was, what if, what if people are judging me because of like, I don't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to get, I didn't want to have this aura of this guy who was preaching down to people. So that's, that's always a fear of mine. I don't want to be like, ah, um, same, so same. I like to, so I was just like, I'm just going to write about my experiences. So I write a Wednesday email. It's not very long. So my thing for the email is I want people to be able to read it in about three minutes, right? So it's not a long email. And they're just my stories. They're all about my fuck ups. They're all about like lessons <laughs> that I learned. And then basically how I could take that lesson and then apply it into the gym. And I wrote, and I'm, I'm a little bit of a break now just because of different stuff going on. But I think I wrote like on Wednesdays consistently for something like two years. And That's it was, so and, it, awesome. and then it became a thing that, and, and for the, I'm not a good writer. I re, have the reading uh, capability of a third grader. Um, but it became something that the members really look forward to on Wednesdays. They're just like the responses that I would get off of the story. Some of them like people, they'd be like, I'm crying, reading the story, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but that was just, that was just how I started. And then it made writing about things that are more technical, much easier because writing now was something that I got into. So I started and they were really terrible at first. And, but you, it's like anything else, you get better at it. And, and one of those blogs, going back to atomic habits was um uh the, the title of is it is my wife bought me a bookshelf and i wrote the story about how i this is not a joke i went all the way through college and never like 23 years old i graduated from college never read a book 
not like literally never read a book. So I don't know if that's good or bad, but uh, I never read a book. And then I didn't read books because I was always under the impression that like the only things that I could read were things that I didn't like, like math or science, you know, I went to an engineering school and I'm not an engineer. So, um, and then I found a book that I liked and then I was like, Oh, I just need to find a book that I like. But at this point, I'm 23 years old. I read like shit, you know, I have to read the same page four times as I go through. Um, so I kind of uh, gravitated towards that. And this is before I ever read atomic habits is 10 pages a day. Yes. 10 pages yeah. a day. And that will take me, it's taken me, you know, at first it started, it took me 30 minutes in the morning and I would, but it's gotten down to like 10, 15, depending on the book. And whether I like the book or whether I hate the book, I'm done at 10 pages, no matter what exactly. I'm done. And you said you, you read 30 to 40 uh, books a year. Well, th- most books are probably something to the tune of anywhere between 200 to 300. Yep. Pages. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. If you read, 10 pages a day, you're going to read no less than 12 books a year. You'll probably read closer to 20 because those two fifties will, you'll start to stack those up. And, um, and if you walk into my office here at the house, now I have this massive bookshelf full of books and anybody any, and people <laughs> now. So, and I don't consider myself a reader and never have, but I, but now I kind of do because when people come to the office, they say, have you read all these books? And I'm like, I actually have read all of those books. Like there's, and there's a shitload of books up there, but that's still a strange thought to me because I'm not a reader, but it is now a habit that I put in there, but I don't consider myself to be a reader or an intellectual of any sort. So do something that's manageable for you. And um, like, whether it's blogging, it's like write two paragraphs and then be done. Even if you never publish it anywhere, just yes. write it and put it down somewhere. And this is how you start all of the stuff. So you can and, start and have, content for the website. And have that minimum viable effort, as I phrase it, that I, I have, I love that. I can fall back to that because I, believe me, there are days where I just do not feel like sitting there and doing X, be it like um, programming, because I'm a programmer by trade or whether it is whatever. I think having that minimum that you're like, okay, I'm allowed to check this off my, my little habit card if I do the minimum viable effort. And I think that's, that's an important point. So to your point, yeah, if, if you're going to focus on these things, just allow yourself to be like, okay, it's okay that I only did that and, mm-hmm. and move on. So I think that's key. And a lot of people have um, this fear of, you know, like, well, I'm embarrassed to what people are going to think. So don't put it out anywhere. The, that's not the point at yeah. the front end. The point is to build a habit because once you do it more, you'll become more confident and then you'll start to put yeah, it out exactly. there. And um, so I think that's super important. And that's a good segue because that does tie into, you know, getting on camera. Like it's the same thing, right? Like everybody's like, ah, I freak out when I get on camera. And it's like, that's because you've never done it. Everybody freaks out when they get on camera. Like you're like, like, I don't know what to say. Um, but same thing on this podcast. You're like, I don't know if I could, how am I going to get somebody to talk for half an hour? And now I'm yeah. like, I have trouble keeping it under 60 minutes. So I'm the same. I did, um, yeah, I did a, a, a remote event yesterday um, uh, just for another one of the, the partners I work with. And it, it's a really, really great thing. And it was the challenge he laid out was, okay, you, you own a gym. Uh, so he's done this with like 30 people. It's really cool. He's like, you own a gym. Uh, you have lost half of your client base and you've got 60 days left of revenue. Tell me exactly what you would do to get yourself profitable. And you can imagine when I got that, I was like, what the 
fuck right like how do i do that and i was You're like really oh nervous. it's covid got it yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so I, I i was super nervous i nearly rearranged on him but i didn't allow myself but i i went through that and we ended up talking for two hours and it's it's great it's the same thing it's like i don't see myself as a speaker or a particularly confident person but uh, because right I'm this like stereotypical programmer but over the years of running my own business um, I've spoken on stage in front of 500 people um, and I've just forced myself into these situations for the sake of my business um, and, and now I, I can carry myself in a way where none of that stuff shows through but internally I still see myself very differently mm -hmm. so to your point yeah don't feel locked away because you're not a tech guy so you can't do any of this stuff we're talking about or I'm not a writer. I, I'm not a writer. I definitely, I did not do well in school. I, everything is, I do is self-taught, including programming. So I think that's key. And just to circle back, because the segues here, we can easily go in several ways. You asked what are some of the common mistakes that people make on, on the websites? As we're on that point, I, I would say it ties into what you're saying here in that don't be shy about telling people what you want them to do. So I see this all the time where people maybe have an opt-in or a call to action in the header, then it's not there anymore through the entire page, right? And what you need to be doing is making sure that there are these call to actions through the entire page. Um, and then the other thing that you uh, need to do is make sure that you, we, we did this, can you, is everything cool? Yeah, yeah, I'm just scrolling through. I was trying. I was going through on oh, my website. So Andy, <laughs> lo Andy lost my uh, he lost my video because I'm scrolling through here. Because yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to point out on on our homepage one, two, three, four. Uh, what is this? Five. Yeah, there's five. No, six. Yeah, there's six buttons on here to schedule a free consult on the yeah. on the homepage, and they all go to the same landing page. <laughs> exactly and it's something i don't think people don't do it because they're shy but they don't think about like you just need to hammer that home mm -hmm. it's you need to get over yourself i guess and say this is for my business it's really key i'm doing this so that, that's one of the most important things i would make sure people do and it's an easy win as well right like even if it's not your own platform so active blueprint we do this anyway if you end up with an active blueprint site but most web wordpress sites which is primarily what people use it's not hard to add those in. So make sure you go through and do that. The other one is that there are two things. One of them is make sure you use some sort of lead opt-in. And you'd be so surprised how many people miss this, but not everybody who's coming to your website is, is at that stage mentally where they're ready to commit to you. Mm -hmm. But what you don't want to do is prime them and get them excited about CrossFit. They forget about you for two weeks. And then in two weeks, they can't remember you or your brand. So they search Google again, group training or boot camps in whatever, Tampa or whatever. And they end up on somebody else's website. You've already done the hard work of priming them on your fantastic website. And they're at the action stage and then they take action on someone else's website. You, all you've done is warmed them up for somebody else. So the, the, and just to define, so a lead capture is like give away an ebook or maybe subscribe them to your weekly list, like newsletter, like you did, something like that. And it doesn't have to be, you don't need to make a big deal of it. You just need their email. You one, of the best, their one of the best ones that we ever did, and I, uh, I'm going to, I haven't, I don't even think I gave this to you guys. I want to, I want to weave it back in there is we did, um, 
I think it was two weeks. So this took a day, right? So this is going to take you a little work if you want to recreate this, but it was couched to CrossFit. So we made up 12 workouts. And these are the, um, for anybody who's a CrossFitter, these are the most basic movements slash CrossFit workouts you could possibly imagine. They are not what you would ever do in the gym. Think about you're trying to get your grandma to do CrossFit. These are what these are. It's like, grab the laundry basket, walk to the end of the driveway, come back, repeat that 10 times, like stuff like that. Love so it. we created, <laughs> we created 14 days and um, I have to go back and look at the metrics on that. But I mean, that got downloaded or, or opted into like tens of thousands of times when we, when we like pushed that out. I mean, it had like 30,000 views on, we like ran a little a blast on it. Um, now mistake we made was we didn't, capitalize on it but lesson learned it is what it is it's a learning process like okay i have content now i have to make sure that there's like a ask on the end of it there was but i don't think it was designed correctly um but at but least stuff like that right like but at least you and, and this is great and and it, again it comes back to the minimum viable effort right so at least you've now got that data you can do something about it but mm -hmm. at least you've taken that step and yes the, there are things you could do an automation campaign you could email them you could do a whole bunch of things but you've, you've built up your list right mm -hmm. and a whole bunch of people miss that opportunity because they don't have a secondary call to action on there and uh, like if you don't have an ebook like just for, like to, to people listening to this podcast, feel free to hit me up. No strings attached. We've got like six eBooks we've written. Yeah. Um, I can give one to you for like 10 bucks or something, and then you can just use it. Like we've got these full eBooks, like a guide to hit workouts and stuff like that. That's They're what we have on ours. Exactly. And, uh, and it, exactly. what's important about that is I think people feel like that has to be created by them. It does not. No. You're talking about somebody who is in the very, very, very early stages of awareness slash consideration. This is not to need to be your stuff you need their details exactly right so just something like that where it's like guide to hit or like get a white labeled book and put your own brand in it but you just need something so uh, the second mistake is definitely a lack of call to actions and then the third one is we've been doing a lot of testing recently we've done this on your website actually to be honest fern but um i wouldn't put pricing on your website so a lot of people are window shopping and because you don't get to describe value to people, they haven't seen your facility in detail. Maybe your photos don't do it justice or worse. I've seen this a lot. People are using the CrossFit assets of like their facility isn't even on there. And <laughs> it is like people don't get this sense of value because you're not getting it across. And then they've got this pricing page and, and it doesn't seem low cost compared to the others, but this, this isn't about, CrossFit's not about low value. It's a, it's a really awesome, awesome experience. And one thing we've done, because I do think there's value in showing pricing, you shouldn't lock it away and make, because that makes people think, is this, is this really expensive? Yeah, um, there's a is, fine line on this. And this is, a very, this is honestly like a very contentious topic. And I feel like, I feel like there's a natural um, evolution of this specific topic in a business slash gym. Exactly. Um, but well, I, I want to hear your on, thoughts. Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts. But what we've landed on recently, and we, we implemented it on yours, I think you may have asked for it too, but even if you didn't, we, we definitely have put it on where uh, they can opt in to receive pricing. And Correct. you send it to them instantly. Mm -hmm. So you, you just have it in an autoresponder email. Um, so if somebody opts in on your website, we send it to them within literally a minute. Mm -hmm. So it's, you're not hiding pricing from them, but it gives you the ability as an owner. So think about 
the mindset somebody's in if they're looking at pricing, they're further along than the, the opt-in, right? But they're maybe not at the stage to book a free class. So they are definitely a hot lead that you want to be emailing and trying to get in. Maybe for a free class, don't focus on price. But the point is if they don't opt in and download the, the pricing, they are really, really valuable. And that, that's a really nice middle ground where if someone's browsing, think you're too expensive and don't inquire, that doesn't give you a chance to follow up. And even if they pay and go through, that's great. But it's so rare people actually pay on websites without knowing you. So it's, as you say, it's a fine line, but we're seeing like a really good success rate by putting an opt in there just to say, give us your email and name and we'll send you the pricing. So Yeah, they can unsubscribe afterwards or they filter themselves out. Mm-hmm. They're exactly. just like, oh, that's insane. You know, I had a lady the other day. Uh, like Sunday, I was, just, I was, uh, I was, yeah, I was annoyed. The, uh, she was like, what's the price? And I was like, we typically don't do that over text. Cause it's like for a lot of reasons, but then I finally gave it to her. And then she was like, what does all that entail? And I was like, listen, I was like, if you are interested, come into the gym, we'll do a free thing, whatever. I'll talk to you. But like, I'm not going to do all of this via text. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's shitty sales and service. Like just it's a bad way to do it. Yeah. It's a bad way to do it. So, um, and I was like, if you want to, you can just go to the price opt-in page. Like, so, but she was like, well, I paid $125 and I'm like, listen, I'm not here to tell you what a lot of money is. I, that, yeah. that's, that's, that's the point of this. Like it costs what it costs, but you know, I don't know what you get for $125, but that's the whole thing that you want to get to people to come in so they can see the value of the, whatever it is you have to offer. Exactly. Um, and we all have different perceptions of value, right? It's like we said at the start yeah. of this, Josh has got his $20,000 custom bike outside. For me, that's crazy. I wouldn't spend that. But I would, I, I would, I would definitely spend that much money. On yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that, I that's, think that's where, cool. Oh, that's where I'm like, uh, I'm quite happy with like my triumph, just pre-done bikes, six to eight grand. I'm happy with it. Whereas he's like obsessed with being unique. That's cool. It. And it's the same thing back in business, right? Just people have their own uh, sort of ranges of value. Maybe they're not used to fitness and they're like, just paying X is insane. Whereas I pay for my wife to have uh, private training. It's like $500 a month, but that's, yeah. that's for me. It's like, it is or it is. It's not expensive or low cost. She gets value out of it. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, and then speaking to value, you guys, you were pretty bullish on this when we had our initial conversation about, um, the, the other thing that I see, and I've made this, this mistake on many websites. I'm trying to think of how many <laughs> different websites I've had, but this was the first one where, I paid to have somebody come in and take photos for uh, basically a full day. It was a half day, one day and a half day, the second day. And the photos matter. They absolutely matter. But I want you, cause I'm not going to probably uh, give this a, a fair uh, analysis. What should the photos say? And like, what should people be targeting yeah. in their website? I'm so pleased you put it. So I've literally got like a full page of brain dumps, which we just will not get through all of this on, on the podcast, sadly, but that, that this is one of the most important ones. So photos, and if you'll allow me to tie it in video as yep. well. So video doesn't have to be insane. Even if I'd rather people not do it on their phones, but if they have to sure, it's about having this, um, what's called B roll in the industry where it's just people training. You can use it. Modern websites are, can handle that stuff very easily. And 
So your point, that, or to our earlier point, I guess, there's a range of things you can do here, right? You can do the minimum, which is use the, the assets you get from CrossFit, or you know, just so it's wider than CrossFit, from stock images, from sites, whatever, through to fully custom photo shoot, which costs like a thousand bucks, and you've got professionally edited and graded photos. It's on the more expensive side there. Usually it's like 300 to 500 bucks. Yeah, I would, if 500 would probably, for most people, be on the high end. There's probably somebody in your gym who could give you really high quality photos who knows what they're looking at for anywhere between two to 300 bucks. Or trade membership, right? I mean, people do that all the time. I mean, if it's worth it, like I'm not, I'm not a big barter guy, but this, that might be one I would consider because it's totally worth it. This is a website that you're going to be sending eyeballs to. Um, it might be worth it. And you're also, so the actual photos, you need people training, looking happy, being in actual sessions. Make sure you're clearing clutter out. So this is so easy to do in, especially in this space with CrossFit primarily, where you've got like, you know, kettlebells thrown across the floor from the previous session. You've got mats that have been left out and stuff's just not tidy. So spend the time before the photo shoot to get things in a good state. And then make sure that you've got people in an active session. So it's not just, because you'd be surprised how often people do this. They get mm -hmm. a photographer in and there isn't an active class. It's an empty facility. And you've got to remember here, it comes back to, uh, if people on the podcast haven't read it, I'd encourage you to read Story Brand. It's, it's an incredible book and a great amazing. process to follow. And one of the things there is you're not selling your solution. You're selling an answer to their problem. And and problems tend to be emotional, right? So Josh uh, here, he's actually going through a stage here in the UK where he's struggling to find a decent CrossFit gym because he's like, Josh loves like the, you know, dudes ripping shirts off, screaming and like yeah. doing these intense workouts and everywhere around here is, is what I would consider probably more typical CrossFit of people getting off the couch, doing it as general fitness and stuff Got like it. that. Um, but it's interesting that he's going through that um, trying to find the right sort of thing. So videos and photos really get across what type of place you have and, and that you're running. So it's important to get a, a standard session in, get a photo shoot in. And remember, you're not, you're not being compared in the eyes of potential viewers against other people in CrossFit. So they're not comparing your CrossFit facility compared to the other guy down the road. They're comparing you to all the fitness websites they're coming across. So I think something else you have to take into account that they're looking at is they are, as they're scrolling through their web, your website, they're, mm -hmm. they're constantly asking themselves, can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do this? Agreed. So uh, again, having made all of these mistakes many, many times, <laughs> we, uh, if you're curious, like what you should take photos of and have videos of. If you, throw, if you scroll through our website with the photos, I'm almost positive there's not one photo of somebody using a barbell. Mm -hmm. It's kind of understood that we use barbells in CrossFit, so you don't need to cover it. Everything on there is bikes, rowers, dumbbells, kettlebells, boxes, all things that the average person could look at that and reasonably say, I could do something. I don't know what they're doing, but I could probably do that. That's, that's what you should be taking. Like the best, the best workouts are program, program specifically for this photo shoot. Like yes. put a chipper in there that's got eight movements. Make sure that the photographer shows up to your busiest class of the day and you will get hundreds of photos from one hour.
And what I would say to add on to that, you've done this, and I, I doubt it's by accident because your photos are great. Make sure you're capturing relationships. So the yes. best photos, sure, you've got people in on the right equipment and you're not showing the most intense movements of you know throwing weights around and stuff. But the best moments are where somebody's just come back from, you know, they're part of the circuit and they're like high-fiving their, yep. their buddy and stuff like that. Like capture that raw emotion where it gets across that people aren't usually joining these places just for the fitness. It, it's the fact that you can join a community of like-minded people. You'll go hiking together. You're going to host barbecues for them. They're joining a community. And that is so often overlooked. So... I agree with everything you said there, but also make sure they're not overlooking, like be really clear. We want to capture relationships here. Look for people in groups. And stuff the, like the, the low hanging fruit for the, for the relationships, if anybody's looking just so the, let's think about the anatomy of a CrossFit class. So the first mm -hmm. one is get some photos of the whiteboard brief. Everybody's consolidated. There's probably a couple laughs and smiles. They're sitting in close proximity when they're doing that there's going to be some natural, like very genuine facial expressions that are happening there. Um, and then immediately right before the workout, because people are nervous and they make like those genuine faces. And then immediately after the workout, put people together, you know, have them put their arms around each other. It's not weird there. You're going to get some of the best photos at that point. And nobody feels like it's forced because it's immediately after a workout. And they're just like, I feel connection with everybody in the room. So those are just some real low hanging fruits to get some amazing pictures that are really indicative of what is actually going on in your gym. And people, if you, you know, most of us aren't, you and I as business owners are probably used to a camera being thrown in our face on occasion. Yep. Average Joe is not for sure. So sort of before the workouts that that's a part where they're still going to be a little bit conscious of the camera. You can get some of the natural, moments but when they've just finished and they're exhausted their priorities are not do i look good on camera it's like thank god that is over and it's like a completely different raw emotion and yeah that there's there's just i feel like that's a really really great way of doing it we've got um a huge amount of clients who've had photo shoots and you're right with what you said there it's about sort of capturing those moments when they're at the beginning or the bookends of something happening. Correct. Sure. Yeah. It's, um, I, I am honestly not aware of a gym that doesn't have a photographer in it. Like most gyms have somebody who either that they do that for a living or it's a really, it's a side hustle for them and they're pretty good at it. I, I do think it's important for somebody who knows how to shoot CrossFit. We're very fortunate here. There's a, uh, um, Charlotte who, um, she goes to a different gym here, but she's amazing. And she shoots at the games, uh, almost every year as a photographer she doesn't do video she does mostly photographer so she knows exactly what she's looking at and what is good um because when i communicated with her she's like what do you want me to shoot and i was like i don't need to tell you what to shoot like you know what to shoot just shoot all the good shit man you know like yeah this is what this is this is what you like and to you, do just send me what you get i was gonna say i think it's good to give them references like you can always point them to to your website for example mm -hmm. those photos are really really fantastic and I could give you a whole bunch if you want to put them in notes or something like that, just for, for reference. But you are right. Just like if I was to come to you for a workout plan, I can give you references of, of people that I respect, but I think it'd be really important to trust you as the expert to say, Hey, okay, Andy, I understand what you're looking for there. I'm going to do my thing also though. So make sure you're trusting the, the photographer for sure. Um, and that ties into one of the other important notes I had on my, my little brainstorm here in 
the photography section is get good shots of the facility. Like it, you'd be so surprised how many people miss that. <laughs> it's, it's like, it, it's such a big factor in people getting a, a feeling for the space where sure I'll get the relationships, but I think a really important part is to show the facility. Usually you'd put that on the about page, something like that, but you need to get across the facility and the equipment and that sort of thing. We've done this two different ways. So the one that we have on our website currently, we just had done um, and mm -hmm. I stole, I stole that idea. And the one we had before that, which we got tons of traffic on, I stole that idea too. Um, so if you want to go on uh, and they're both still up. So if you want to go on crossthewright.com and it's like about us and then it's uh I think it's just the facility or tour. I don't remember what it is. Um, you can watch that video. I think it's like two minutes long, but it's, it's pretty cool, I think. And then the other one that we did years ago um, with uh, Justin from, uh, from Monkey Reel, who's been on the podcast, I just ripped off the whole idea of Cribs from MTV back in the day. And I was like, I want, I'm going to do a tour of this, and I want you I to chop that. this down and make it 60 seconds, and we're going to do a Cribs variation of, uh, of the gym. That alone, the number of people that came in over the years that like literally knew exactly where to go, had seen everybody's faces already, and they're like, hey, that was a really cool video. And like, right, like, I really dig the space, the way you guys did that. Um, rip that idea off, like choose it or make some other variation of that. But like, I do think you should have like some sort of virtual video tour of the facility because people want to know what the hell it looks like. Even if it's, uh, I keep using the word B-roll. You do not need to get a separate videographer and just get the photographer to take some B-roll. So mm -hmm. it's just like a short, even if it's like a five, 10 second clip of, of the, the gym. Um, to give people listening a direct reference for one of the best photo shoots that I've seen, um, this isn't a guy that's selling anything, so it's just genuinely a good plug. Um, it's a guy called Frank Nash. His uh, website is strongerpersonaltraining.com. Okay. Um, so go check that out. It's a very... His, his, he's not CrossFit, his, his uh, style is, he's got almost like Tron in a gym. And it's basically like these okay. bright lights, like really cool place. But if you go and check that out, check out the style of photos he's got. He's got people in groups, people excited. And it is one of the best shoots I've seen. It, it's really, really, really good. And it's a high ask. You need a good photographer to pull off that level of shoot. But even is if that you're there, giving- Is them, that there in the UK? Uh, no, it's over there in the States, actually. So in um, Massachusetts, I think. Oh, it's Worcester. Okay, yeah, yeah, got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. And definitely worth checking out as a reference because your photographer needs something to aspire to is not the right word, but having that as a reference point and the people in the shots and stuff like that, I think it's really, really good as a reference point. Yeah, and I think this, should, this stuff should be a, a little bit... Um, edited if you will like it should look mm -hmm. nice it should look visually appealing yeah it doesn't need to look grungy don't don't need uh, the hashtag no filter it, it needs no yeah, it needs it, the put a filter on that shit yeah <laughs> don't no filter it put a filter on that. Yeah. um cool i thought um i don't trying to look through the list of other stuff i wanted to put on there like yeah. I, I know i know you briefly mentioned seo but mm -hmm. that's like this big uh scary idea for most gym owners they're like okay it i is. get it like I don't know how to do that or what it even means or where to start. So, so basically, and, and I think this is a, a problem with my industry of, of web development, SEO is complex. It, it is a hard game, but very often taking away all the technical crap, it, it's just outworking your competitors. So 
if if you it doesn't matter if you've got a gold's gym around the corner probably a bad reference with uh, them closing a bunch of places but it doesn't matter if you've got like a massive uh really high-end gym on the corner it's more about you outworking them and actually the bigger uh, sort of not even franchise but the bigger branded fitness places are really bad at keeping on top of blogging and that sort of thing so i would say point one blogs have come up a lot in here but just make sure you're blogging on a consistent basis, ideally breaching that 300, 400 word uh, minimum, because that's the minimum Google needs for you for them to care about it. So that is important as a minimum there. But again, start the habit, even if it's a couple of paragraphs. But for the guys that are getting into the habit and they're like, okay, I'm, I'm done with the minimum, what do I do for SEO? Blog on a regular basis. Consistency, as I said, is more important than volume. So if, if you know you're the sort of guy that this is interesting because you're listening to the podcast, you'll do it for a week and then forget about it. So, like maybe write them all and schedule them to go out over yeah. the next weeks or months. Don't, don't put them all out now. Like Google cares way more about consistency. So that, that's the low hanging fruit. Uh, we won't keep going in circles on blogging. People have heard about it. So just make sure you're blogging. There are other things you can do like, um, if you just search for this in Google, Google Webmaster Tools, um, that will, you basically, you go in, you register your website, prove that you're the owner, and then it will tell you any problems. So it might say, hey, you need to put up a sitemap, or hey, you need to do X, Y, and Z. So um, register with Webmaster Tools. And that's what I would make sure I do as the minimum. I'd make sure I've got a Google local listing, which is where, you know, you search for something and it pulls it up on the side. It's like, these are the, yeah. the five gyms within. You can submit your uh, facility there and put in keywords so people find you, stuff like that. Yeah, most of the stuff you can do in Google, in like a Google My Business, if you just go in there Agreed. and make sure that it's built out and that the website's correct. If there's a landing page, make sure that it links out correctly. Double check your hours. That's the one that mess that uh, people mm -hmm. mess up a lot. <laughs> yeah. where it's like, yeah. They're like, those hours are from six years ago. Uh, we're not open nine days a week anymore. Um, exactly. Stuff like that. Um, and what what I ahead. would say is make, make sure make sure you don't over optimize your main website pages. So I see this happen a lot where when you optimize things for search engines, you almost start to sound robotic and people miss the point that the, the goal of a website is to convince a real human being to, to perform an action. And if let's say your keyword is um, uh, leading fitness facility in Miami, just for argument's sake, mm -hmm. you, you can then, you need to then start making sure your, what's known as your keyword density is high enough. So you start wedging that entire phrase in places it's got no right being. And it, it starts sounding like a robotic, <laughs> uh, like page and the main pages of your blog, that is not their purpose. So make sure you do the, the main things, make sure they're clean. You're not rambling on and they're decent, but don't over optimize them. Spend so that's, time. Oh, that's a good one. So I had a buddy who I'm going to have on the podcast who he does, uh, uh, his, he's like actually marketing and just like digital marketing. Mm -hmm. So he pulled up these graphics, uh, based on keyword searches and he showed them to me and he put them side by side and he basically <laughs> pulled this graphic up and he said, he's like, you CrossFit Rife owns CrossFit as a search term in this local area. Like you dominate here. He, but he said, you don't own shit of gyms, like literally yeah. the word gyms or gyms near me. And he said, that's a problem. And I was like, oh, damn, I didn't even think mm -hmm. about that. 
Yeah. Like you have to figure out how to put that into your content so that that gets in there, but I don't want to put it in every sentence like that. So think about that, you know, how you optimize. It's not just CrossFit, 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 CrossFit. I agree entirely. And I think tying into that, make it's okay to do that in your blogs because that that's serves a purpose in blogs. I, I almost, I don't want to give people too much here where they're like, this is an overwhelming level of shit, which I'm just not going to do. But as a minimum, like make sure that if you're doing blogs that you are optimized for blogs because that it does deserve a place in the blogs. They're the things that will help you rank. And then tying into that, it's not strictly SEO, but if people are on your blogs, just make sure it's easy enough for people to, again, call to actions, click through to your free class or whatever you're doing there. So that, that's important. So if that's the funnel people are coming in through, right, you need to make sure it's, it's prominent. Um, so yeah, we've got blogging, we've got webmaster tools, and then, although it's not directly tied to SEO, make sure you're reviewing your analytics on a regular basis. So many people, again, it comes back to the checklist thing, right? Like, yes, analytics are on. When's the last time you opened the damn analytics? And let's, and even I'm guilty of this, right? And I, I run a web agency. so. Um, it, we got an average like 20,000 uniques a month, but I haven't in a while gone through and properly dug into what pages they're looking at. And what I would say is I'd, I'd set this as a, like a once a quarter target. If you can do that is where you go in, you spend like an hour or just book out an afternoon. You spend an hour looking through what the main pages are, how long are people spending on the pages, stuff like that. And just look, use common sense and look for signs If people, if you're getting like a huge amount of traffic going through to the about page, but they only spend 10 seconds on there. Open it up on cell phones, open it up on different things. Does the content make sense? Are they clicking through to about thinking this is about your gym and you've got your facility there as the first picture and you're talking about state of the art equipment, but they're thinking this is about the team. So just use like common sense, take a step back and say, okay, what are people doing? And then adapt the pages from there. So. There's not strictly SEO, but I think it ties in really, really closely. Um, so with that low-hanging fruit, most people will do all right on SEO with that. Um, SEO is, is a long game, and that's the part people miss on a regular basis. So often Google will rank you within two weeks. So if you put up a new blog post, they will rank you within two weeks but they will take up to nine months to place you. So what that means is they will test you in position one to three to see if, if people are clicking through there. Then they'll test you on literally page 100 and they do that for nine months. And then after nine months, it settles in. And I had this with a bit of a side hustle I was doing just about video game streaming and stuff. I thought I saw an opportunity on. Did, did like 20 blog posts in the space of a week uh, scheduled them up and put them out, thought I was getting no traction, shut it down. I checked that at the start of this year and I was getting on average 30,000 visits a month. And I gave up on this thing. I was like, ah, that, that's not working. But it actually just took months. To, cause I, in months one and two, I was literally getting like 20 hits. I was like, I'm not putting this effort in. I thought it was an opportunity. Yeah. It's not and killed it off. So don't get sort of burnt out through blogging. And this is why coming back to Atomic Habits, I guess, it's more important to have this habit that you can stick to than it is to being obsessed with the outcome and am I position one yet? Am I position one yet? Just have faith that it will work out, but make sure you're sticking to it. That, that, so like a perfect example of this would be, we, most people are aware of like Seth Godin. So if you go mm -hmm. to like his blog, you're like, this is the most non-exciting looking blog of, <laughs> yeah. of all time. It probably cost that guy negative dollars to build that blog. And 
but it's one of the most read blogs on the internet. And largely it's obviously because he puts good content. So you always have to put that filter mm-hmm. on it, but he's been so consistent for such a long duration on the content he's been putting out. It's like, that's a 10, 15 year game. That guy's been playing literally 15. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and now he dominates, but you got to put in 15 years of work before that, you know, and that's the part that it's just like, listen, chip away, read 10 pages a day, write one article a week, and eventually you'll get better at it, but it's going to take time. And if you don't want to do that, well then probably not the industry for you. And, and this comes back to and a nice circle back to how we started the, this chat, right? Where I want people going through that pain, not just because I'm a sadist sort of looking for people to be in pain, but it's like, uh, I'm not like this sadistic guy wanting people to go through that. It's more like you need to understand the effort it takes to go through that. And then you can automate it. Then you can get a virtual assistant in mm-hmm. or like we do SEO as a service and there's a huge amount of work that goes in where we, we submit you to different directories. We do citation increases and stuff like that. It's very technical and people shouldn't be learning that. That's not your business. Like no. the same way I'm not learning to the intricacies of how to do my accounts. I pay an accountant. Exactly. But that's not to say you, you shouldn't grab the low hanging fruit. And then if you get stuck, you're like, look, Andy, that's always the first thing I look at. If, if someone comes for SEO and they haven't blogged in two years, I'm like, okay, there's a, maybe not a lazy element to this, but an element where they, they haven't wanted to learn. So I think, I think doing that is the minimum. And then you can automate that. You do not need to be having blog this week in your calendar for the next 10 years. Like yeah. Seth, that's his, that's his passion. That's his love. But I do think you need to understand the work that goes in because SEO, like, you know, minimum for us, it's probably like $500 a month, $400 because it's a lot of work, right? Yeah. And I think as just an outgoing marketing cost, that can sound expensive to people. But for people that have been doing it, they understand the amount of work that goes in. So it comes back to that value piece, right? Like people know that have been at least attempting to do this, that that is really, really good value. But if they've not been spending on anything like that, or they haven't been blogging, to them, they're, they're obsessed with the number, not the outcome. So yeah, the same thing there. So I'd say most people just need to focus on getting the basics right and then past that. I wouldn't start going and, and taking SEO courses. I, I don't think that's a good use of, of No, I, I mean, most people can't afford it. They need to optimize way, way more important things before they start talking about that. Um, so for Active Blueprint, so if somebody contacts you and you guys and they decide to work with you guys, generally how long are we talking about before that website is up and running? Good question. So we're, we're re-optimizing our onboarding at the moment. So it'll be live by the time this podcast goes out, actually. But um, historically, you go through, you fill out a form, and then you build everything yourself, which is great. But what happens is people get busy. So, you know, they're building a website, their kids run in, they forget about it. And then the thought of coming back to your website is like, it's intimidating, even though mm-hmm. um, it's really not. So it's quite funny on this uh, this summit I did yesterday, the virtual summit, I built a website live because it was a video within five minutes, no joke, five minutes. Oh, wow. So the new onboarding we're trying is you fill out the same form, but then that comes through to my team and we will build the website. And we're not charging for that. It's it's the $67. So you, you get, uh, basically you fill out the form, you activate your trial, you get two weeks as a free trial. We will build out the website within 48 hours. And we'll hand you the website or, and as, along with the videos on how to edit it. You go in and you then edit your content. 
so to answer your question, you get it within 48 hours, usually same day though, or within 24 hours, I should say. And then actually putting the site live that that's as soon as you ask for it to go live, it's within 24 hours. So yeah, we've had websites a couple days, like within, within days. yeah, within one, within a business week, you could do this. For sure, um, for sure. And then for, mo for active blueprint, most of these are, are kind of like a one page infinite scroll, correct? So yes, but we've moved on from that slightly. So we started out as uh, not so much infinite scroll, but it is like a long form page if you like. Yeah. So it's got all the information on there, like the team members will be on there. And the reason we've done that is a speed. You don't want to be spending 5,000 on these websites. But mm -hmm. the other one is we find the way people consume websites these days on cell phones or whatever. Um, if you click on a team member, it's important to open up and instantly rather than link through to another page. And it takes yeah. another five seconds to load, especially on like a, a spotty 3G connection when mm -hmm. you've got no good signal. So we found that from a conversion point of view, we've been doing that. And then we have a dedicated page per service, which we do think is important because mm -hmm. um, A, you want to send people to a service. So if, if you're maybe launching a 30-day challenge, you could put that up as a service. And then you'll want to link to that from, say, Facebook ads or whatever you decide to do. You yeah. don't want to say, link them to your homepage and say good luck sort of thing. So yeah. that, that's included. You get a blog included. You get a contact page. And... We're in the middle of a huge rebuild. So Active Blueprint was an internal experiment, which we then slowly released because of demand. We've now got a few hundred people using it, which is great, but we want to build it to be the absolute world leading platform. So in 2021, um, we'll be migrating everybody over um, who already built a website onto the new platform and we won't increase the price for those guys. We'll be doing a new price model, but we'll, we'll be keeping yeah. this at $7 a month. Yeah. They, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, they're going to be more than enough. So ours is, ours has got a custom, um, kind of build on it. So it'll be slightly different than ours, but only for somebody who knows what they're looking at for, from a customer standpoint, exactly. it's just like, Hey, listen, all oh, this is, looks really cool. It's got the good flow to it. As far as like speaking to the customer, easy opt-in, that's all almost every gym needs. Like once you, exactly. once you grow and you need more services and you want to do things a little bit more intricate, intricately then go ahead and drop some money on that stuff. But um, I highly recommend you guys uh, check Andy and Josh and the team out. I think you're going to dig it. So where's the best place for people to go check out your stuff? So, yeah. And thank you for that as well. Yeah. We, we've loved working with you and it's been a lot of fun. So uh, I'd love to help anyone out that that comes by. Um, so if you just head to startup active uh, with my British accent, that can sound a little bit, by the way, like everything with a work. British accent sounds smarter. <laughs> like I just need to figure well, that out. So people are like, I, oh, I, the guy's not an idiot. I, I don't even wear glasses. I, I'm just, these are fake for this They're call. Fake. There's no lens in there. Yeah. Fern, Fern, Fern and I are on video right now. Yeah, yeah. Just these are fake glasses I've got <laughs> on just to make me sound and look and tell. <laughs> no, it's uh, so just either punch into Google. So it's startup as in a startup company and then active as in I am an active person. So startupactive.com is the domain or you can just punch it into Google. Cool. Um, do you guys do anything on any social media platforms? we do badly at the moment <laughs> so yeah, you, you can find us on facebook and instagram um but we're in the middle of sort of reassessing how we're approaching those just with everything going on with tiktok and stuff and we're like yeah 
what are we doing there? So it, we are on there, but yeah, not super active at the moment. But you can hit okay. us up for sure. We're, we, we answer stuff on there. Cool. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm sure you had more stuff on there. So we'll probably just plan on doing a second iteration of this because I think there's awesome. this is such a broad topic. Um, but I think we did cover some good stuff today. Is there anything else that you wanted to just touch on real quick before we wrap up? Yeah, good, good question. I'm just going to scan through my list here. I mean, we touched on a lot of things. I feel like blogging came up a lot and which emphasizes its importance of doing that actively and regularly. Um, call to actions is the ultimate drill home there where it's like, just do not be shy. Uh, I guess to tie onto that before we end. So it's good that you brought that up. Make sure your call to actions are clear. Don't do the call to actions. Just get started. The call to action should, it should sort of describe what's about to happen when they click that button. Mm -hmm. So a good call to action, if someone's about to pay, so you fill in your, your card details, you would expect that button to say pay now, right? Mm -hmm. If that button said um, next step and then it charged you, you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> so ju <laughs> just the, the same here, make sure that your button, and I see this a lot, isn't just like get started, but it, it usually leads into like, if you're going through to an about page, make sure it's like find out more about us. If it's like we did with you, like console, make yeah. sure the button says free console. It, yeah. it sounds obvious, but it is missed all the time. Cool. Um, video assets and photos. Um, then other than that, yeah, we touched on it. We didn't touch on it a huge amount. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want this to dominate our chat, but I, I would encourage people to check out story brand because yes, it, it's just copy is so important. And I, I, I think people, I don't think people get writing right because they don't have the framework for it. And mm -hmm. story brands a short read or, or it's on audiobook. It's good on audio, audio format too. And you can listen to it in sort of an afternoon or, or well, just over, I guess. But it is well worth the time because it's not just your website, it's all marketing you do and, and stuff like that. So I, I, I would say that as a final little tip there. Cool. Uh, yeah. And if you guys want to just check out like and just look at Andy and the team's work, just go to CrossFitRife.com. It will also bump my SEO rankings if you guys go on there and spend some time in there. Uh, no, but seriously, if you just want to if you just want to peruse through there and just kind of see what it is that they do, um, they just finished ours a couple of weeks ago. I'm super happy with it. Uh, it's you know, in my opinion, the the best one we've had in you know almost 11 years. So um, thank you guys to the team. If you guys have any questions, hit us up. Happy to hand you off, and uh, and I'll plan on having Andy on, and we're going to talk uh, probably about a, you know a myriad of other things. So. Um, thanks, brother. I really appreciate your time. This has been fun. You too, buddy. Really appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, hopefully people find it useful. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. If you haven't already, do us a favor. Head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself, hit us up, besthouroftheirday at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram at best hour of their day. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting best hour of their day.